Hello, hello. My name is Brady Pointer, and this is The Point. Today we're talking about a little uh, NFL football, of course. Four games over the week. I'm going to review those, see how those went. Tried to do a show yesterday. like to do them on Mondays, but it was just too busy to get one out. going to talk about Jared Porter, GM, former GM of the Mets. I guess he was fired today. Pretty, uh, pretty sick actions, deluded actions on his part. David, then little Mavs talk at the end. Quick little hit on them. They're struggling a little, little bit, but probably get out of that pretty quickly. Um, starting off with a little football here. Ravens and Bills. We'll start with the first game. Ravens on Ravens and the Bills, and I had the Ravens winning this one. I thought their offense was going to continue their hot streak, and they were shut down pretty easily by the Bills. Uh, this was a defensive game. I knew the defenses were going to be the X factor here, and they both played really well. Uh, Lamar just didn't have it on the ground, only had nine attempts for 34 yards, didn't throw the ball entirely well, 14, uh, 14 completions, 24 attempts, 162 yards, and then he had a big pick six at the end of the game, or at the end of the third quarter there. Uh, I think Lamar, for the future of this Ravens team, he's got to show he can, he can win with his arm. He hasn't been able to throughout his career, and it's cost him football games, cost him last year against Tennessee, cost him this game. Because, I mean, obviously his running game wasn't there, and he wasn't able to make up for it within the passing game. And I think, you know, getting him a couple more weapons might help out in that aspect. But, obviously, he does have issues with accuracy. He does have issues being consistent throwing the ball downfield. And that pick six he had was interesting because they don't really turn the ball over much in the in the red zone. Once the Ravens get in the red zone, they find a way to score. And so that was really big there. That was pretty much the dagger in the game because shortly after that, in the fourth, Lamar got hurt and wasn't able to return. So, and yeah, I just think the Bills came out, played really well defensively. They had a tough game against Indianapolis. Looked like they might, you know, struggle against the run versus the Ravens, and they didn't do that. They came out and they played well. I said those linebackers, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano needed to step up, and that's exactly what they did. Josh Allen had a good game. Wasn't great. Wasn't you know the MVP caliber game you'd expect out of him, but it was a solid game manager, got the job done type of win. And uh, I think the Bills' offense will will need to improve a little more next week because they play the Chiefs, and you know that game could turn into a shootout. And they will need to be able to keep up with the Kansas City offense if those if these two defenses aren't able to step up and play solid football next week. Moving on to the Rams and the Packers, and the Packers they just they look so good. I think the Packers are man. I, I think they're going to the Super Bowl in the NFC. I'm going to say that right now. Um, they they look fantastic. Uh, Aaron Rodgers playing at an MVP level this. Him and him, and the, co- the cohesiveness he has with Matt Lafleur, uh, what they were able to do with his offense—it's come a long way. I did not think they were going to be uh, t- at this level, and they've done exactly that. The Aaron Rodgers has was playing mediocre over the past couple seasons, and he's come out and he's been—he will be the MVP, I believe. So this—they came out and they did exactly what everyone thought they were going to do: just win a football game. And th- it was a tough game for the Rams. They didn't play well defensively like they were expecting to. And that's what good offenses like the Packers have are going to do more times than not is take advantage of defenses. So I think the Packers are going to be very tough to beat. It was a tough game for the Rams. Like I said, Not Goff wasn't 100%. And I think him and McVay need to really reevaluate with where the offense is headed for the next couple of years. 
and maybe reevaluate golf altogether at quarterback. You know, he had a real up and down season. He's been up and down over the past couple of years, and that you just can't stick with that level of inconsistency in the NFL. On to the Sunday game. On to the Sunday games. Browns and Chiefs. Browns made this a game, and people were saying they were going to, and they did exactly that. Even before uh, Patrick Mahomes got hurt, the Browns were still kind of in this one, and they took advantage of Chad Henney in the game. They were able to get a stop late and then turn that into a touchdown. And I think, you know, they did. They went out and fought their, you know, went out and fought their ass off like they did the week before against Pittsburgh. And the Browns' future looks good. Baker looked like he could play in the playoffs, and we'll see if he can continue that level throughout uh, throughout the rest of his career there in, in Cleveland. It looks like he might be a fixture there. So we'll see. Uh, and then the Chiefs, you know, Mahomes, like I said, Mahomes got hurt. Chad Henney had to come in, and, you know, he came out, and he played very played pretty well. Did exactly what he needed to do to win a football game. Had a very big play, very big scramble on third and 14 to get uh, the Chiefs within a yard. And then made a nice calm throw to Tyree Kill on the fourth down conversion. And he came in there and played, you know, just like anyone had, you know, everyone had it written up like that. Chad Henney going to come in and win the Chiefs football game. Yep, that's how, exactly how it was drawn up in the pregame. Well, I think the Chiefs, even if Mahomes can't go, he's in concussion protocol right now. It's too early to tell whether or not he will play. And on Sunday... So, and if he does play, it could present a slippery slope because people are going to be like, you know, how is the NFL concussion protocol really all that put together? Why is he playing? He probably shouldn't be playing if we're being completely honest because, you know, getting over concussion in a week doesn't happen all that often, especially with how hard he got hit and he was clearly pretty wobbly after that hit. But obviously if Mahomes can't go, the Chiefs are pretty well coached. They're going to come out. They're going to come out ready to play. They're going to come out prepared. And it will always be a tough game for the Bills, regardless of who is the quarterback. Obviously, no Mahomes, it will be easier. But, like I said, well-coached football team, they're going to come out well-prepared, ready to play football on Sunday. The Bucks and the Saints, final game. And the Bucks defense did a really good job of forcing turnovers over Drew Brees, and it was tough to see his final game like go out like that. And But the Bucks, you know, Devin White had a hell of a game, played really well. And... The Bucks really utilized that run game. The duo of Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones played really well. Playoff Lenny, keep on going. I like to see Leonard Fournette performing well. I like to see him bounce back a little bit. And it was probably you no know, last game for Drew Brees, unfortunately. He'll probably go down as one of the best ever. Most packet, most accurate passer in NFL history, probably. And is Jameis the future in NOLA? Honestly, why not? And you know, I think he got a season to learn. Under Drew Brees, under the, one of the most accurate passers in NFL history, and that's Jameis's biggest issue is accuracy and just overall decision-making. But being under a quarterback like Drew Brees for a season probably did him a lot of good. A lot of good. At least I hope it did him a lot of good. Don't, know, don't really see what the point of being there was if you didn't learn anything. But yeah, this Bucks will take on the Packers in Green Bay. And I think the Bucks will... It'll be... It'll be it's you no, know, I don't think weather's going to be an issue, especially for Tom Brady, given the fact that he played New England his whole life. So, it'll be a really, really interesting game there. Seeing what forty-three-year-old Tom Brady see if he can get back to one more Super Bowl. I don't think he will. I think the I think Green Bay's I think Green Bay has it this year, and 
I think the Bucks will have to get that passing game going for sure. They'll have to get Chris Godwin going. They'll have to get Antonio Brown back in motion. And we'll see. We'll see if they can take advantage of that Saints secondary, or that, excuse me, that uh, Green Bay secondary on Sunday. And now moving on to a little baseball news. So, just when you think the Mets are getting into rhythm, going to start turning things around, got a new owner, Steve Cohen, looking like he's pushing things in the right direction. And all hell just goes ahead and breaks loose. Uh, Jared Porter, their GM, was fired today because he sent over, I'm getting all these facts from an ESPN article written by Mina Kimes and Jeff Basson. So, Porter being the gentleman that he is, got a number of a female foreign reporter. She'd come over. This all happened in 2016 when he was with the Cubs as the director of professional scouting. Porter got the number of a female reporter, and the relationship began casual after a while, but then Porter made it sexual, started complimenting her on her appearance, asking to get drinks, asking to hang out, Blah, blah, blah. And eventually started sending, you know, some pictures. And then he sent one of his bulge in his pants. Classy guy. So after that first one, she ignored all messages after that. Porter then went and sent 62. 62 unanswered, ignored text messages over the span of July 2016 to August 2016. At the very end of those, he sent a total of 17 messages, 17 pictures, excuse me, 15 of this hotel restaurant he was at trying to get her to come in, trying to get her to come to, to see him. Then the 16th one was once again of his bulge. And then the 17th one, he just full on, full on whipped it out. And took a picture of his penis and sent it to this poor woman. Good God, man. 62 unanswered messages and you still think she wants to see your penis. Why? How do you go from point A to point B in this scenario? Like, that is full-on delusion. Your next date needs to be with a mental hospital at that point because you are crazy, my guy. How do you... I don't understand how you can possibly think, well... 62 unignored messages. I mean, she obviously wants to see my penis. Obviously. Good my God. I just don't understand how one person's mind can work like that. It just baffles me. It just baffles me. And the Mets said they didn't. Un- they weren't aware of the situation until Monday night, I believe. So last night. And he was fired less than 12 hours later, I believe. 12 hours later. I mean, obviously, you can't have that in your locker room. You can't have that in your office as soon as you figure something like that out. Nope. Bye-bye. And we'll see what happens later on uh, with him. Hopefully, we just, he just goes into his hole and we don't hear from him for a while. So, anyway, I just don't understand why people do things like that. And I believe Porter's a, Porter's a pig. And he took advantage of a poor woman who wasn't up used to American customs, wasn't used to the the English language, uh, how forward some American men can be, and he took advantage of that. And she paid the, you know, obviously, luckily, it didn't progress any further than just pictures. I'm sure that's traumatizing enough as it is. 
And when ESPN contacted him about this, he, first of all, denied sending her any pictures, and then ESPN called him out for it. And then he's like, oh, well, the illicit ones weren't of me. They were jokes, uh, stock images like you Google, like you over here Googling penis pictures to send this poor woman. I mean, even that in itself is sick. Good Lord. I just don't understand how a, someone's brain can work like that. So that is what's happening in baseball news at the moment. Great, great look for the Mets organization that was obviously trying to turn a new leaf and overcome issues they've had on the field and just you know being a poor organi- poor, poorly ran organization altogether. And then this goes and happens. GM, your GM gets fired two months after you a month after you hired him. So and I, I heard a. Uh, Sandy Alderson say earlier that they are not going to hire another GM until the offseason, so they will just rock it with Alderson, and I'm sure Co- Steve Cohen will have a pretty heavy hand in the operations of the team as well. Uh, moving on to a little basketball talk. Just going to talk quick Mavs hit. Uh, not playing very well right now. Lost their third in a row last night to Toronto. 116-93. Defense struggled. Obviously, they're going to do that when their three best defenders are out. So... You know, obviously, when the COVID situation resolves itself, hopefully these players get back quickly within the week. Within the next week, maybe into this week, beginning of next week, at be- at best, beginning of at best end of this week. Um, but it was overall poor shooting night. Luca didn't shoot very well. Um, he dropped a triple double the night before and didn't get great shooting from his team that night either. So. And it was, you know, it is, I'm not too upset at Luke. I'm more upset at Tim Hardaway Jr. going 0 for 12 from the field. What kind of garbage is that? Jalen Brunson, his first night back, he went 4 for 10. Trey Burke went 5 for 11. Wessel Windu didn't even hit a shot, went 0 for 4. Whole team shot 25% from 3, 38% from the field. Uh, yeah, just a poor shooting night. Uh, you know, Luca didn't shoot the ball well either, like I said, but. You know, the only one that did shoot the ball well was Chris Stapps, and that's nice to see because he didn't shoot the ball well the previous night. And I think a lot of it will be when you know, a lot of this will solve itself when Dorian gets back. He provides shooting on the wing. Obviously, Maxi does as well. He's been he was shooting the ball really well before he got hurt, and Josh Richardson was still trying to find his footing in the offensive game. But hopefully, once his shot gets going, he will able you know he'll be able to contribute more offensively. And Dwight Powell, if he if his role game. It'd just be better if he could just be more explosive around the rim. I think he would be a better piece for the offense as well. But I still think once until that happens, I think Willie Colley Stein is the better option over him. So, and obviously the defensive defensive woes will probably solve themselves once these players return because you know Dorian's a good defender. Maxie's one of our best defenders, if not the best. And of course Richardson is a good defender on the wing as well. So I said I'm not too worried about the losing streak. COVID's a bitch. It was going to get somebody. It just happened to the Mavs, and it happened at a point where they were actually playing really well. They were playing good basketball. The guy hit with a COVID outbreak, and then they lose three straight. You hate to see it, but it happened early. Didn't happen when they were doing a big playoff push, so that's nice. And you move on. You Hopefully, you get your players back, and they can come back 100%, and they can step into the roles that they were in when before they got off or they got put on the list. Anything you hope when they come back, the team improves their shooting as well because this team, you know, proved last night that they can't. They 
they're having trouble shooting the basketball, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're top 10 in three-point attempts, but they're bottom 10 in three-point percentage. So you hope this team can start making shots at a higher clip because they're going to continue to shoot threes. That will always be a staple of this offense. So you just got to hope they start making them more. So that's in another episode of The Point. Done and dusted. Uh, I really like this show. Interesting talk like that the, the Jared Porter segment was one of the first ones that done like that. And it was a pretty gross segment. That man needs to go to jail. But we'll wait and see what happens there. But anyway, that was another episode of The Point. And please like and share. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it.